Turn to the word of the Lord with me to the book of John chapter 14. Hope all of you are keeping the media fast. It makes a difference in all of us. We don't need all that mess anyhow. Sort of like eating candy all the time. It's just not good for you. How many know it? We need to separate from that. Let our body rebalance and and what a media fast does for our mind and our spirit is what a dietary fast does for our body. And um, I feel like stress has released from my life. I'm happy. I feel um, laser focused on my purpose. My children have come to me and said, I feel so much better. Thank you, Dad, for this fast. And... Uh, um, now they're starting to get to where they can beat me at ping pong. Because we, we found alternative ways to spend, we actually spend more time together. It's a thief, isn't it? Media is a thief. Look at your neighbor and say, he's preaching truth. If you didn't say it, I'm still right. Amen. I, um, we are a part of a kingdom that, that, God has always planned for us to be a part of. You know, some people go to church, but they don't understand they're a part of a kingdom. Uh, Philippians 2 and 9 says, we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation. You are a part of a nation when you are in the kingdom of God. Everybody say, a nation. And there's some things we do not do in this nation that we're allowed to do in the American nation. That's right. And we've got to be holy, righteous, and pure. This is not just checking off the box here today. This is about being involved with what God's been involved in. I want to do what he wants me to do, don't you? Amen. I, uh, I, I, I want to do what he wants me to do. John 14, 1. Uh, we welcome all of you here to the anchor. We're so glad you're here. And we're glad the anchor is a part of what God's doing. Let not your heart be troubled. If we've ever needed a verse like that, it's right now. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Can you believe I've got to wear glasses? That's not fun. It doesn't look right. Uh, one of these days, I'm going to have some cool glasses. Um, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. To prepare a place for you. He says in verse three, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also 
He has prepared a place for us. Do you believe that? And everything we need is always in the place that he prepares for us. Somebody say everything we need is always in his house. Direction, healing, strength, whatever you need is always been prepared for you before you ever get there. We're not going to get to heaven and there's going to be a, a, you know, on the golden streets, a brick out of place. It's going to be complete. I don't think anybody's going to get to heaven and say, you know, I don't, it's not all that. You're crazy you think that. I have not seen. Ear hath not heard, the scripture says. Neither has it entered the heart of man the things God has prepared for them that love him. How many know heaven's going to be absolutely amazing? I'm going to go there. I'm going to go there. Praise God. He calls it in my father's house. I go there to prepare a place for you. I'd like to preach today on simply it's in the house. Everybody say it's in the house. Look at your neighbor say it's in the house. Right now, everything you need is in this house. Do you believe that? Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Isaiah tells us that our Father, our Creator, He declares the end from the beginning. He declares the end from the beginning. You can read about that end when you read the book of Revelation. And, and John talks about this in Revelation 21. In Revelation 21, John saw something very powerful. He had been placed on the Isle of Patmos and on the Isle of Patmos was a place of torment for those that were being persecuted. It was the beating of the waves of the sea on the island that would cause the people persecuted there to lose their mind because he was a preacher of the gospel. They placed him there to be persecuted and to lose his mind. But John records in the book of Revelation, he said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. God had taken him away and allowed him to see the heavens and even, even the end time. Can I say to you that maybe you're going through a trial, you feel like the enemy has come against you. Can I say to you, be careful not to get greatness out of what you're going through now. What John walked away from, we are still being benefited to because in a, in a rough time, God opened some things to him. Paul even records, I personally believe when he said, whether I was in the body or out of the body, I do not know, but I met a man and I was taken to a third heaven. I am convinced it was when he was stoned and being persecuted for preaching the gospel and he was left for dead and God carried him away to see some things that were powerful. But what John the Revelator saw in Revelation 21, he saw this place that was prepared for us. That place is called heaven. And when he saw it in Revelation 21 and one, he said, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away 
and there was no more sea. The first thing that John recognized about heaven wasn't something that was there. It was something that was not there. The first thing he noticed was that there was no more sea. What was torturing him here was exactly the first thing he saw is not on the other side. And I come to tell you one of the things you got to understand, if you are battling diabetes, it's probably worth going to see first is not there. There's no cancer there. There's no Alzheimer's there. There's Amen. The thing bothering us here, somebody shout, it's not over there. But I'm gonna tell you some things that he did see. He said, and I, and he said, and I, John, saw the holy city, new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. He said, this place is beautiful. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Where? Everybody say heaven. This is what we know as the father's house. He said, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, behold, I make all things new. There is no death over there. There's no sorrow over there. There's no betrayal over there. There's no pain over there. When God prepares a place, he removes everything hurting you from it. It's gonna be a place of joy. Come on, it's gonna be a place of peace. It's gonna be a place of splendor. I can't help but get excited about this because I'm not playing it on stand around here forever. They might bury me if God tarries, but I'm not gonna stay there either. I've got, a, I've got a mansion on the other side. John goes on to write about this place that has been prepared. He goes on to say, he said, and there are streets of gold and gates of pearl and walls of jasper. There's 12 foundations and the, talks about the 12 precious stones that is built on, the layers and how thick and how deep. This place has 12 gates, 12 foundations. The names of the apostles are written on it. What I've come to tell you, you've never seen anything like it. And I'm gonna go ahead and submit to you today, I'm not gonna miss it. I'm going to make it. I am going hell or high water. Good days or bad days. I've made up my mind. I'm going to see Jesus. Somebody shout glory. So the point that I'm making this is that when God prepares a place for us, it is excellent. It's, it is the best. It is supernatural. It's beyond anything I could do myself. The, the precedence that he sets of preparation for his people is above anything anyone else can do. It's called the kingdom of heaven, which he calls my father's house. Guy wrote a song 
back home years ago. It says somewhere between here and there, there's going to be a healing service. The blinded eyes shall see and the deaf ears shall hear. Those that can't walk will walk. Those that can't talk will talk and the crippled man will walk when we have that healing service in the air. I just want to stop here for a minute and tell you, Paul said that God himself is going to descend from heaven with a shout and the angel is going to sound the trumpet and the dead in Christ are going to rise first and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. We call it the rapture. I just want to say here, I don't want to be so locked in on this earth that I'm not looking forward to that day. He said in that day, he said, don't come down from the housetop. You look toward the eastern sky because he's coming in the clouds of glory. Is there anybody here that's planning on making it? I'm planning on making it. I believe it. Amen, amen. Andre Crouch wrote the song, soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We're going to see the king. There'll be no sorrow there, he said. We're going to see the king. There'll be no parting there. Look at your neighbor and say, I am going to make it. You may be seated. It's the precedence. But can I say, he said it would be a new Jerusalem descending out of heaven, setting over Jerusalem. Heaven is actually going to come to earth as a new Jerusalem. But when he made Adam and Eve in the garden, it was a place that there was no sin, there was no pain, there was no sorrow, there was no suffering, there was no headache, there was no insomnia, there was no fear, there was no anxiety, there was no cancer, there was no sickness, there was nothing. It was the garden of God, the Bible calls it where God came and walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. It was a beautiful, perfect kingdom until the slithering serpent, Revelation 12 calls that old serpent the devil, comes in and when he stands near, he says something like this, half God said somehow through a subtle moment caused Eve to disobey God take of the fruit and gave to Adam and now they have been kicked out of the garden and what do they have to deal with pain suffering Cain kills Abel chaos division confusion why because sin always separates you from the kingdom God in his kingdom has blessings, prosperity, greatness, hope, peace, and joy. The Bible tells us that the kingdom of God, now the kingdom of heaven is heaven, but the kingdom of God is heaven on earth. It is the kingdom here on this earth. You've got to get out of your mind that you're going to just going to church and then you walk out of the kingdom when you get in your car and drive down the road. The kingdom is bigger than 1365 Chamberlain Street. Praise him in his sanctuary and praise him in. Do y'all remember that? I was preaching that right before quarantine hit. I said, he's not just in the sanctuary. Do y'all remember that? Praise him in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. The earth is the Lord's 
and the fullness of air. Let, let's stop here for a minute and understand that God is bigger than a church building. He's bigger than this. We don't live one way. Let me just stay here. We don't live one way when we're in the church building and go out and live another way because we're not in the king. I just put it this way. We don't live one way when we're in town and do something else when we're on vacation. The kingdom is not just a location of a building. The kingdom is a place where we are in communion with God to where we live according to his word no matter where we are. The Bible defines this kingdom, which is a place prepared for you. Again, anything that God does, he does it with excellence for you. The Bible says the kingdom of God, it is not meat and drink. It's not spaghetti dinners and chicken salad and coffee and steak fajitas. And where you at, Lakin? And Oreo blizzards like I had last night, praise God. The kingdom of God is not temporal things, but what is the kingdom of God? It is righteousness, it's peace, and it is joy in the Holy Ghost. It's not just coming to the building, but it's having God's presence in the building. I wonder what would happen if we could just let God move in here because where the spirit of the Lord is, the Bible says there is liberty. My, I feel like preaching right now. In Luke 4, 18, he said, Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to open up the blinded eyes, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to, to, to set uh, uh, those that are captive free. He goes on and says these things that he's supposed to do. When the spirit of God moves in, it's gonna heal your body. It's gonna set you free. Watch this. And it's going to heal the bruise, which are wounds on the inside. See, some people can look good on the outside, but they're wounded on the inside. But when the spirit of the Lord comes in, he starts taking care of things that's on the inside that the psychologist can't fix. That the psychiatrist doesn't have the answer to. That counselors and medication can't. I come to tell you, we need a move of God and everything we need. It's in the house. It's not the will of God to be bound. Come in one day, come in one captive and bound. Could I tell you, if you are bound to nicotine, you can be free because he said, I'm with my spirit. I'm gonna set you free. If you have an addiction of any sort, you can come in and be free. Why? Because everything you need is in the house and this has been prepared for you. Clap your hands and praise him. Praise God. And so God has always had a kingdom where his glory would be a part of his people. Everybody say the kingdom of God. And so God has always had a plan that within a nation, he has a nation. Within a city, he has a, he has a church. The church is not brick and mortar. Who knows, we might, out, we might, might outgrow this and have to relocate somewhere else. Why not? I'm gonna go ahead and tell you, we've already outgrown it. 
You know why? Because now we've got a campus in McConnellsville. We've got a campus in Gloucester. We've got a campus in New Lexington. We've got a campus in, in Crooksville. We've got, we got a campus in Cambridge. We've got a campus in Coshocton. We have a new campus in Woodsfield. We've got, we got 15 campuses in Guatemala where we own property. We've got a campus in Vietnam where we're baptizing hundreds of people in the name of Jesus in a communist country because it's bigger than the church. It's bigger than the building. Hallelujah. And guess what? God didn't just bring you here. God didn't just bring you here today so you can be set free from your bruise, your addiction, your pain, and your suffering. He, he called you out because he has made you specific for a purpose for his kingdom. Everybody in the building has a specific role to do something great in their lifetime. God forbid you young people spend all of your years as a young person playing video games. What did you do with your teenage years? Well, I conquered 17 levels of Mario. I was the best Luigi you've ever seen. Hitting your head off a bunch of blocks, you're going to go crazy hitting your head that many times. I, I'm, I'm convinced of this. And the reason young people are so consumed with it because it builds a level of competence that delays them from what God has given them competence to, to become. I'm not, a, listen, be, be seated. I'm going to hit this because, listen, every parent in the building, listen to me. You're on Facebook and you got your own games. You got them on your phone. We all have it. Let me tell you what I've noticed. That if we're not careful, it's, it's our go-to to not deal with what we're supposed to be. It is not, man, I'm a little bit off subject, but I'm going to get there. I, we we, we got to be careful to delay what God's wanting to do now. God has a kingdom that he's called you to become a part of to make a difference in people's lives. God wants his glory to shine in us and through us. Let me say to everybody in this building, everything you're supposed to be, he has put in you as a born again believer. Everything you need to be, everything you need in life, God has put within. Everybody say, we are the temple of the living God. That's why there's some things I don't do because he dwells within me. But I'm going to say this, if God came in your heart, he has already set a precedence of excellence. I go to prepare a place for you. If he comes into your heart, he comes into your life. I know that's talking about heaven, but it's a principle. It's a precedence. When he comes in your heart, he wants to make you the best that you could ever be. Living here, there's greatness in you. You're not a problem. You're not a mistake. You're not a bunch of drama. You're a child of God. And if sickness is holding you from your destiny, Jesus said if my father didn't put it in you, then he's gonna uproot it from you. God can remove that sickness right now. He can remove that trouble right now. He can do it. But you gotta start believing there's greatness in me. There's a destiny in me. Somebody shout amen. amen. Oh, clap your hands and praise him. There's destiny in me. He can remove those things from your life. And so be seated. God, God has spoke through his prophets. He said, I, I, I've chosen this place, Jerusalem. He said, I'm gonna put my name there. My glory's gonna be there. My people are gonna be there. I'm gonna walk with them there. 
out of that, you know, David, David had this dream, had this vision of, he said, Lord, we, we dwell in sealed houses. I mean, the house with a ceiling. And uh, he said, but Lord, you dwell in a tent. He said, I, I want to build you a temple. The Lord said, go ahead. And long story short, end up Solomon was born to build that and finish David's dream. Solomon built this temple that was so amazing. I mean, I mean, it, it, it had, it, it's, its fixtures and its architecture was, it was a revival in itself. They'd never seen anything like it. History says it would have been one of the seven wonders of the world. It was, it was so beautiful. When you, watch this, when you go into the Holy of Holies in Solomon's temple, it was, it was almost like an iridescent gold wall. Gold walls in every way. There was no, obviously there was no light bulbs. There was the glory of God that dwelt in that temple. And it, the Shekinah glory of God, it reflected. When you went in there, it was just sparkling lights going off the walls because God's presence was there. You see, the Bible says when we get to heaven, there's no need of the sun for the lamb will be the light thereof. It's the glory. I feel like preaching. He said to us, see, we're not churchgoers. We're members of the body. We're citizens of the kingdom. That's what the Bible, we're no longer strangers, foreigners. We're, we're, we're citizens of the household of God. Do you believe that? Watch what he said to his disciples. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill that can't be hid. Let me talk, talk to you about something. The darker the night, the brighter the light. We are God's kingdom on this earth. And you've got to quit picturing yourself being an American and just going to church. You got to picture yourself being a child of God and changing America. Listen, we can impact our community when we realize who we are. It shouldn't be the church. It shouldn't be the church taken from the world. It ought to be the church contributing to our community, that our community is better because we're better. We've got ourselves together. We have the wisdom. We have the answers. We got what they need. Come on. Well, I, I'm not being arrogant. I'm just saying it's all in him. Everything we need is in the book. Everything we need is in the house. Everything we need is in his presence. Oh, somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. And Solomon built this one of the world. It was, it was immaculate. It was, there was nothing like it. Every, every three years, the Navy ships would go around the world and, and they would come back. It was the first zoo. They, they had exotic animals. They would have, when you went there, they would have had cultural dining places that you could have tasted from anywhere. It was a world market. It was, it was spices. It was multicultural. It was multi-generational. Everybody wanted to, you ever wonder why he had 700 wives? What in the world? 300 concubines? I mean, then you read in the scripture, there was never a wiser man than Solomon. I'm questioning that. Can I get a witness for somebody? He didn't have 700 wives because he needed 699 more than one. He had 700 wives. Here's why. Because every nation in the world wanted to join allegiance to him. Everybody wanted what he had. They'd never seen anything so immaculate. They've never seen things so prosperous. They'd never seen things so blessed. Can I stop and say here that, that we ought to be blessed by God. Our family should be blessed. We ought to have our act together. 
We ought to come in broken and leave put together. God doesn't want us to live in drama the rest of our life. He doesn't want us to live in bondage the rest of our life. He doesn't want to walk wounded the rest. I'm going to stay here for a minute. He doesn't want you to walk wounded for the rest of your life. 30 years in the kingdom, you're still, still talking about what happened to you when you, were, when you were a kid, when you were a teenager and how you were mistreated and somebody didn't do you right, you were neglected. And 30 years later, you're in the church and you're still talking about, you know, that you can't move forward because something happened. God's bigger than that. God's greater than that. And he's not going to leave you. I said, he's not going to leave you wounded. He wants, come on, I feel like preaching. He wants us to be made better. He wants us to be the head and not the tail. He wants you to be the leader and not the one that's falling at the, I come to preach to you, God has great things for us. It's Jerusalem and he's built this kingdom and all of a sudden Solomon built all these allegiances to all these heathens. Heathen people. Oh, we love what you have. We love what you've got. We've never felt anything. We've never seen anything like the Queen of Sheba in 1 Kings 10. She traveled a thousand miles without a plane, a train, or an automobile. That's saying something. They didn't have paved roads. But she made her way. Brother John, she made her way because she said, I've got to see this kingdom that's been built in Jerusalem. And when she got there, the Bible says that when she saw, she, the Bible says there was no more spirit in her. Well, in other words, it was, it took my breath away. All of my years, I've never seen anything so amazing. I've never seen anything. R read it. I'm not going to read it today. First Kings 10. You read it later. Write that down and read it. I'm telling you, it's powerful. But in First Kings chapter 10, this is what this is what she says. She said, she said, the half was not yet told me. It was not the will of God for the kingdom of God to die, for churches to close, to fold up. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The Bible says of his increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Let me tell you something. The news is going to tell you one thing, but God's got another thing to tell you. There's, there's a generation that wants to live for God. They're, they're not consumed by carnal things in the world. They're not. There's a generation that says, I want God. I want to make it. I want to be better. I want to make a difference. Come on. Aren't you glad for this generation that's here? And so long story short, here they are. They built this powerful kingdom and he, he starts marrying these people because it was an act of allegiance to all these kingdoms. Before too long, he's more concerned about his allegiance with kingdoms than he is the king. He's got allegiances built and it's not long till one of his wives say, honey, you know, I, you know where I come from, my... My grandpa just loves you. He's the king of such and such kingdom. But you know, we're, 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 we're worshipers of Eshkelon. Can we build an altar here so we can worship our God here? Jerusalem wasn't built for Eshkelon. The kingdom wasn't built by Eshkelon. Is it okay if we build a temple to Baal here? Not long, there's a totem pole, half man, half fish. Dagon is there. And it's no longer a kingdom that reaches multi-ethnicities. Multi now the kingdom actually has become not just multi-culture, but multi-religious. And God looks out of heaven and no longer are the Hebrews only worshiping Jehovah. 
Now their kids are growing up and saying, Mom, you know, I don't know if it's Jehovah or if it's Baal or Eshkelon or Dagon. I'm just not sure which one I want to serve. And please don't tell me which, which way I'm supposed to live. Does that sound familiar? Come on, a Christian nation founded upon the word of God. But now it's don't, don't, oh my lands. Don't tell me what gender I am. Don't tell me, don't tell me what's right or wrong or what's sin or righteousness. Don't tell me, let me choose. I'm gonna tell you right now, you better be careful about you choosing and not letting God choose what your path is. <laughs> Come on, this is not cultural. This is, must be biblical. If God's hand's gonna be on us, we've gotta stand on his word. Stand up all over the building. We cannot get to a place. Let me tell you why there's chaos in the home. Because they have, listen, listen, I think you can do some things in moderation. But one of the worst things you can do is, is let Eshkelon speak through the television to your kids all the time and they never have any Bible in their world. You, you've got a TV that's multi-religious. Everybody in the world telling them who they are and what they're to be. And no time in the word. I'm going to tell you, America is a young nation that has been powerful because it was built. I sound political. I didn't mean to go here, but I'm, gonna be, I'm already here. So let me talk about it. America was built up on the principles of the word of God. And that's what has made us great is God's word. Our faith in Jesus Christ. That's what's made us great. Can you say amen? But what we cannot do is a kingdom of God that's in this earth that has brought prosperity, that has brought protection, that has brought greatness, only 200 years old. To now in the church, I'm just gonna let them believe whatever they want to believe. I'm gonna let them say whatever they want to say. You know, it's, it's up to them. Who am I to tell them? I'm gonna tell you who you are. You are, you are the priest of the home. I could go for a long, long time I'm, I, and talk about, maybe I'm planning on doing some series and talk about this. But guess what happened? The kingdom split. Greatness is no longer there. Rehoboam, Jeroboam, it's gone. 10 nations go up to Samaria. Judah and Benjamin stay in Jerusalem. It's not long Babylon comes in. Jeremiah said, because you've, you, you're worshiping heathen gods and doing heathen things and you've turned your back on me. Sits here a little and there a little. We don't need movies with illicit things in there in our house. Sex scenes and chaos. We don't need it in our lives. It's confusion to our children. It's confusion to our babies. And they grow up not knowing who God is because their heroes are heathens. Their heathens are agnostics and atheists and haters of God. And they, they got perversion in their life and they're teaching them. And all of a sudden it's no longer a focus on the king. Do you know it used to be law? You could not have a business open on Sunday. It's called the blue law. Because it was a focus on a day off with God. Excuse me, I didn't mean to go here, but I'm here. We gotta get back to the basics and repent. And Jeremiah showed up in their world and he said, you better repent. You better repent or something bad's gonna happen. And guess what? Jeremiah prophesied, they didn't like what he said, so they threw him in jail. But what he said, it was true. He said, Nebuchadnezzar's coming, we're gonna take over. 
He said, go submit yourself to Nebuchadnezzar because you're so far gone. You're going to have to be removed from Jerusalem for a period of time because it is not what I wanted it to be. They didn't submit. Nebuchadnezzar from King of Babylon come in and took over. He destroyed their homes. He tore down the temple. He took out the golden silver, the golden vessels they used to worship. He stole them, took them to Babylon. He burnt the gates. He burnt their homes. He destroyed the place. Jerusalem's now is nothing but ruins. 70 years they're removed from it. You can read it in Daniel and when Daniel's there and then Ezra, you read it in Ezra and you read about Nehemiah and they look back and heard about the damage of, of home. Listen, if you've ever wanted your preacher to preach truth, it should be right now. Yeah. Who would have ever thought that politicians could say we no longer want the parents to be the voice of authority in their children's life. Oh, what in the world? We've got to get back to a place and all you young people listen to me. Go ahead and do. I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to tell you what the word says. Go ahead and do whatever you want to do. Whatever brings pleasure to your eyes. Whatever makes you sing feel good. But just remember this. One of these days God will bring you into judgment. You can live that life, go that way. But I promise you, the pleasure of sin is only for a season, then comes bondage. Then you're in the stuff that you cannot lay down and get away from. It is now ruling your life. That is not the will of God for us to be in bondage. Come on, we're, we're, we're people that are free. Can you say amen? After 70 years, God called up Zerubbabel, called Ezra. He called Joshua the priest. He said, it's time to go back because I'm jealous. Watch this. He said, I'm jealous for Jerusalem. Read it in Zechariah 8. I'm jealous for Zion. That's the same as Jerusalem. He said, I've got plans for that place. I've got plans for it. Somebody shout, God's got plans for Zanesville. I believe God's got plans for us. Hey, listen, I'm going to tell you right now. The greatest awakening revival North America has ever seen is about to happen. You mark it, write it in your Bibles, date it. It's going to happen. There are going to be millions of people that are going to come to God. Millions of people are going to come to God in North America. In North America. You watch and see. I don't know what's going to happen to get their attention, but God's about to wake this place up and we're going to see greater things we've ever seen. Do you believe that? I believe it with all of my heart. There's a storm that shows up. Guess where people run? They run to the shelter. There's an old song that says, I go to the rock of my salvation. I go, amen, to where the builders. I've got a place in him. I want you to look at three or four people and say, God has prepared this place for now. You better get ready. This building can't contain everybody that's going to come to the Lord. But we're not going to change our ways. We're not going to change our preaching. We're not, going to, we're not going to follow the ways of the world. We're not going to build allegiance with carnality. Come on, do you believe that? And he said, he said, Zerubbabel, from Zechariah, thus saith the Lord, I was jealous for Zion with great jealousy. I was jealous for her with great fury. Thus said the Lord, I am returned unto Zion. He said, we're going back. We're going to rebuild what was the kingdom of God and we'll dwell in the midst of Jerusalem. We're going to do it again. 
and Jerusalem shall be called a city of truth and the mountain of the Lord of hosts, the holy mountain, thus saith the Lord of hosts, there shall yet old men and old women dwell in the streets of Jerusalem. Everybody shout the kingdom. Every man with his staff in his hand for very, there's gonna be people in their older age in this kingdom. He said, and the streets of the city shall be full of boys and girls playing in the streets thereof. He said, when I look out of heaven and I see what I'm about to do in Jerusalem, it's gonna be a place where old men and old women can be praising me. There's gonna be young people, boys and girls, they're gonna be there that's playing and joyful and happy. It's, it's gonna be a place of splendor. It's gonna be a place of greatness. But you know how it's gonna happen? The Bible says when prophet Haggai started prophesying, he said, he said, he said, I am going to cause you to work. You're gonna rebuild the foundation. You're gonna finish the work that I've called you to do. Listen here, the kingdom is not the property. The kingdom is the people of God. Listen, I'm gonna to work to make this the best place it can be. This is gonna be a place that God has prepared through me. Let me stop, I'm preaching, hold on a minute. God has called you to the kingdom for now. Why? Because he's preparing a place for the wounded to come and be healed. He's preparing a place for the brokenhearted to be healed. He's preparing a place for drug addicts to be set free, for broken marriages to be put back together, for wounded people to come and find who they are in him. I'm not talking now about heaven. I'm talking about the anchor church right now. God's gonna prepare a place. People will drive from hundreds of miles to be here. Why? Because everything they need is here. Zanesville one point, am I okay? I need to quit. Zanesville one point was declared the top 10 cities of its demographic, of its, of its size to not raise a family. When I moved here, it was Forbes said it was the top 10 to not raise a family. It was the capital of Ohio for two years. The demographics were in the top 10 for drug use per capita. Babies born out of wedlock, divorce rate, 14% higher than the national average. It appeared the walls had been torn down. The building had been torn down. But you hear the word of the Lord. God's gonna raise up a kingdom. And in that kingdom, there's gonna be a place for elders that say, this is where I belong. It's gonna be a place for young people, young boys and young ladies that are gonna say, this is my purpose here. But it's not gonna happen without you working. We can't just show up. We gotta come prepared. Do you believe that? I'm talking about reading your Bible every day. Being, oh my, I feel like preaching. Getting involved in this and saying, I'm not just gonna be a church goer. I'm gonna to contribute to the kingdom. I'm not just gonna be a tither and give offerings. No, I've got a gift, I've got a talent. When we, launched, when we launched the school, it was an act of God. It was a move of God. We didn't have all the staff in place, but we felt like God wants to do it. What we thought would be 15 to 25 kids end up being 58. It was confirmed in the spirit it was right to have a safe place. The number one thing said by our students is I feel safe here. I feel safe. It's a safe place. Because the increase of his 
government and peace. There shall be no end. The peace of God that is in the building. Watching these young people pray in devotion. Young people giving their life to the Lord. We can pray in classroom and no one says, you can't say Jesus. Young people can focus on their purpose instead of worrying about being, whether they're gonna be getting high or losing their virginity or. It's a safe place where there's peace. And when we started wondering how we're gonna do it, we just felt like it was time. We didn't have it all together, but felt like it was time. And I learned that anytime God calls you to something, everybody hold your hand up like this. And say, where the finger of God points, the hand of God provides. We called, we needed some art done. And I, we called on Allison because she's a good drawer. She told me last night, she said, wave your hand, Allison. She said, I didn't even know I was able to paint until y'all asked me to paint. But she had a gift. She didn't even know she had. All you young people and everybody in the middle, look at me. God has given you gifts that's going to make a difference in people's lives. But God doesn't hand you a sharp sword. You got to sharpen it. You got to find it in prayer and seeking God. There's a divine destiny for us in this hour. Don't you be fearful because of where we are in the world. You, don't you be fearful. We're going to flourish. We're going to prosper. And we've got to be ready for what God's going to do in the kingdom. Do you want to be a part of that? Come on, worship him all over the building. Put your hands. Say, God, I want my church to be a place prepared by you. I want my heart to be a place prepared by you. I know heaven is. We do not want to miss it. We do not want to miss, miss it, oh God. God, we're going to go to the next level of greatness. You're going to prosper us. I know that you've spoken that to us. You're going to protect us. You're going to keep us. You're going to keep our children. You're going to keep our minds and our hearts. We will not form allegiance with worldliness, oh God. We will form allegiance with you, our King. Come on, would you pray all over the building? I don't want to be lost. Everything we need is in this room. Counseling, it's in the room. Direction, it's in the room. Healing, it's in the house. Because God, you said you prepared it for us. Whatever you need in this room, God has prepared it. If you're broken, God's going to heal you. If you're sick, God's going to heal you. If your mind seems shattered, God's going to put it back together. We've got counselors here. We've got prayer warriors here. We've got elders here to anoint you with oil and pray over your body and you'll be healed. Because the kingdom of God has everything you need. It's in the house today. Everybody in the building pray, God, what do I need? I need wisdom. I need guidance. I need clarity. I'm tired of feeling empty. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to do this in segments. We're going to come down this aisle. We're going to go up this aisle. But if you feel bound to something, no matter what it is, it could be addiction. It could be some bondage of emotions. It could be you just feel bound. You feel trapped. I want you to make your way down this aisle. Ministers, I want you to stand right here. I want you to stand. Stand right here on each side. When you come through, the Lord's going to bring healing power over you. See, you believe that? Absolutely, I believe that. I've walked through these prayer lines. Would you stand where they can walk in between both of you? Stand this way. They're going to come down this aisle. 
any bondage that you have no matter what it is I want you to come some level of bondage something that you can't be maybe maybe it's nicotine alcohol maybe it's just emotion emotional bondage something like that I want you to come walk all the way across the aisle this far aisle here and I want you to come down and on the way down I want you to say God I'm coming to the kingdom for such a time Lord you're gonna heal me and use me come in with your hands raised come on I'm do you believe this with me I may believe God's able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask for thing. hallelujah 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 when you walk through I want you to have your mind made I'm coming in one way but I'm leaving different because everything I need somebody shout it's in the house go ahead go ahead and make your way in the name of Jesus 